This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, where our entire state seems to be infested with candidates. The president was in Sanford last night. It does give you a good, uh, a good feeling when you can beat something and now they say you're immune. I don't know for how long. Some people say for life. Some people say for four months. Democrats are not exactly thrilled that Trump came here so soon after contracting COVID-19. They're concerned he could be the super spreader in chief. COVID is a nonpartisan issue uh, that the president has made partisan time and time again. Uh, from lying to the American people, not telling the truth, to holding a rally when he himself is just getting over COVID. When you have toxic leadership like we have these last four years, that interfere with the science of how to best control diseases, it's just unfathomable. My sister died because this president lied. He lied to her, he lied to us, he lied to this country. Joe Biden is holding a pair of events in Broward County today. He'll speak in Pembroke Pines about his vision for older Americans. That's followed by an event in Miramar, where he will encourage Floridians to make a plan to vote. Speaking of voting, Common Cause is trying to lower your expectations for election night. They hosted a press conference with the supervisors in Leon and Marion counties who say it could take several days to finish counting all those votes, if not weeks. We need to give all of us a, a little bit of time because we want to ensure that everything that we publish is 100% accurate. We do not have the opportunity to be wrong. Our focus is on getting this right. Uh, not getting it done as fast as possible to satisfy all the voices out there, clamoring for uh, instantaneous results. You'll hear the details later in the podcast as we take a deep dive into the dynamics of voting in the Sunshine State. We'll also check out your calendar of events and check out a new song honoring Florida Man by none other than Blue Oyster Cult. Don't you laugh, it could be you, the Florida curse. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 13th. It was on this date back in the year 54 that Nero became the new emperor of Rome. Things did not go well. Ten years ago today, 33 miners in Chile were rescued after spending 69 days trapped underground. And four years ago today, Bob Dylan was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. Let's start today with the COVID casualties. The state health department reporting more than 1,500 new cases of the disease Monday and 48 additional fatalities. The total number of cases is now more than 736,000 in Florida. Our death toll has reached 15,599. Now, it would have hit an even 16,000, but for some unexplained reason, the health department subtracted one name from the list of victims from out of state. So either someone screwed up or someone was resurrected. I'm betting on the former. Remember the weekend snafu where the state said it couldn't release any COVID casualty figures because a private lab had submitted duplicate results for 400,000 tests? Turns out it's not the lab's fault. The health department says an unforeseen technical issue caused the problem, and Helix Lab was not responsible for the screw-up. The health department released a memo Monday absolving the company and saying they're working with technical experts to prevent the error in the future. Patient Zero returns to Florida. Donald Trump flew into Sanford last night on Air Force One, pronouncing himself cured from COVID and ready to resume his trademark campaign rallies. The creepiest part of the night was when the president said he felt so good after being treated for COVID that he wanted to kiss people in the audience. 
that does give you a good, uh, a good feeling when you can beat something and now they say you're immune. I don't know for how long. Some people say for life. Some people say for four months. I mean, every time I think about it, every time I hear them, it gets shorter and shorter and shorter because they want it to be as bad as possible. But it's, uh, it is a great feeling. And we got to remember, I said it right at the beginning, the cure cannot be worse than the problem itself. Can't. The cure cannot be worse. But if you don't feel good about it, if you want to stay, stay. Relax, stay. But if you want to get out there, get out. One thing with me, the nice part, I went through it. Now they say I'm immune. I can feel, I feel so powerful. I'll walk into that audience. I'll walk in there. I'll kiss everyone in that audience. I'll kiss the guys and the beautiful women and um, everybody. I'll just give you a big fat kiss. The rally went on for almost an hour, and since this was happening in Florida, we spliced together all the mentions of the Sunshine State. So what follows is basically the Donald Trump Florida MAGA Mega Mix extended version. But it's great to be back in my home state, Florida, to make my official return to the campaign trail. I am so energized by your prayers and humbled by your support. We've had such incredible support. And here we are. It's, you know, here we are. <laughs> but we're going to finish. We're going to make this country greater than ever before. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We've made tremendous progress. If you look at what we're doing with therapeutics and, frankly, cures, we've made tremendous progress. And I said to my people, we are going to take whatever the hell they gave me and we're going to distribute it around to hospitals and everyone's going to have the same damn thing. The corrupt political class is desperate to regain their power by any means necessary. We're the ones standing in their way. We're the ones standing up for the American worker, the American family, and for the American dream. And that's what we're doing on this beautiful evening. This beautiful evening in Florida. Oh, do I like Florida. Did we win Florida last time? Was that beautiful? We won it. You know, everything I hear, we're winning by a lot. Then you turn on the fake news, they say, the polls are tied in Florida. I don't get it. I don't get it. We had the same thing last year. Remember, four years ago, we had the same thing. We're going to lose Florida, they said four years ago, by five points. They called that thing so early in the evening, we won by a lot. And we're winning by a lot more now than we were four years ago. 22 days from now, we're going to win this state. We're going to win four more years in the White House. With your vote, I will finish building the strongest economy the world has ever seen. And we were there. Last year was the greatest year in the history of the state of Florida. And I have to say, it was practically that way for almost every state in the union. It does give you a good, uh, a good feeling when you can beat something and now they say you're immune. I don't know for how long. Some people say for life. Some people say for four months. I mean, every time I think about it, every time I hear them, it gets shorter and shorter and shorter because they want it to be as bad as possible. But it's, uh, it is a great feeling. The lockdowns are doing tremendous damage to these Democrat-run states where they're locked down, sealed up, Suicide rates, drug rates, alcoholism, death by so many different forms. 
You can't do that. And I want to just congratulate the governor and everybody in Florida. You're open and open for business and doing great. Last month, I also announced an additional $13 billion in disaster relief for Puerto Rico and for Florida. Have I taken care of Florida? Hey, have I taken care of Florida? My administration's allocated over $60 billion. And if you look at Florida, with your great governors, your last two governors have been great, your two senators, great. They're always calling asking for money, but I guess that's what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm always giving it when it comes to Florida. The panhandle got hit really hard over the last two years. We took care of the panhandle. So this evening, we're also praying for all of the families on the Florida panhandle affected by Hurricane Sally. And I will tell you, Ron and Marco and everybody, I'll tell you, Rick, everybody's been calling and calling. Matt Gates has been going driving us a little crazy. Matt, you could take it a little easy. But that's what somebody that's good is supposed to do, right? You're supposed to call. But we take care of the panhandle, and we're doing it at a level that's never been done before. In their official response to the president's rally, the Florida Democratic Party held a video conference to talk about the real-world consequences of COVID-19. State Representative Chevron Jones came down with it during the early days of the pandemic and says there is no way it's safe to be anywhere near the president. We don't want him here in Miami, and we, I don't think he needs to be here in Florida at all. He should be at home uh, in, at the White House getting better. Uh, I know someone who... Um, who suffered with COVID uh, for 18 days in my life. Um, I, I don't know what the, uh, the president took, but it took me longer than five days to overcome uh, the illness of COVID. The president has shown uh, his level of lackluster leadership for the last four years, and his handling of COVID is consistent with his failed leadership. Uh, COVID is a nonpartisan issue uh, that the president has made partisan time and time again. Uh, from lying to the American people, not telling the truth, to holding a rally when he himself is just getting over COVID. Uh, he says, don't let it dominate your life. Well, I want him to tell that to the families of the more than 213,000 people uh, who COVID has devastated their life due to the loss of a loved one. Palm Beach County Commissioner Melissa McKinley knows all too much about COVID. Her aunt was infected and is now learning how to walk all over again. Her 10-year-old cousin had to be airlifted to the hospital for emergency treatment, and her 19-year-old daughter was infected by the virus. She blames Donald Trump for putting politics above public health. President Trump could have come out and said, this virus is dangerous. Don't take your chances. It might not impact you, but it could impact somebody you love. And if, you know, three people in my family, which one was I going to risk? Uh, it's not a risk that I want to take as a local leader. It's not a risk our president should take. It's not a risk our governor should take. Uh, Joe Biden, time and time again, says he's fighting for the soul of this nation. It's not just the soul of the nation he's fighting for. It's the lives of the people who live in this nation. We need a president who's not afraid to stand up and say, hey, it's okay, wear a mask, it's the smart thing to do. Hey, let's not do these big rallies in Florida, which is barely bouncing back right now from this pandemic that we've been suffering through. Completely irresponsible to be holding rallies of this size at this time in this state. Um, we need that kind of leadership, the leadership that's not afraid to stand up 
and say what needs to be said. And right now that is don't hold rallies, wear a mask, socially distance. Um, let's take some responsibility. Let's, you know, mend the soul of this nation, but let's also heal its people and battle this virus and use the science and do what's right. Katrina Wilson serves on the city council in Miami Gardens. She believes the president's refusal to face up to COVID early in the pandemic killed thousands of people, including her sister. My sister died because this president lied. He lied to her. He lied to us. He lied to this country. In addition to that, not only do we feel like we were robbed of my sister, but we never saw her again. We never had an opportunity to have a funeral for her because my sister was put in a disaster bag and put into a casket of which we could never even take her back into her church home and give her a burial that is consistent with our traditions. People couldn't even come. People were afraid to come because this president lied, lied and misled. My sister was not just my sister. She was my best friend. She was my confidant. She was my morning call and my late night call. And there are days when I reach for the phone, I can't get her because she can't answer me because this guy decided that he wanted to tell a lie. So what you've done, as my grandma says, you are the devil. You have created confusion. You have created distrust. You have caused us to become distracted from the things that are really important. And that is each other. He is dead set on doing what he wants to do singularly and not what is in the collective interest of those people that are around him. He is not the man for the job. His psyche, there's something collectively wrong, particularly when you are a leader that can get a doctor to literally lie for you in order to continue to persuade people not to take what is in their own best interest to the hilt. And so for me, that is a man that I don't believe belong in public service. The president and his staffers say they're combating COVID by following the science. But Dr. Lisa Conti of Tallahassee says they're pretty much doing the opposite. Conti serves on the Environmental Health Sciences Council at the National Institutes for Health. When you have toxic leadership, like we have these last four years, that interfere with the science of how to best control diseases, it's just unfathomable. And of course, um, we've all heard about the unprecedented editorial New England Journal of Medicine group that put out um, a, a essentially a call to, uh, to fire this administration because not only have they taken a, a bad situation, but made it even worse by ignoring the science, by taking this cavalier attitude and by putting people's health at, at risk, at harm. Um, and it's just unfathomable that they would do that. Um, when we have difficult problems, sometimes called wicked problems, they're multifactorial. Uh, they require a, a multidisciplinary, a transdisciplinary approach to how to, to control it. Um, and you have someone who's standing up there saying, I alone can fix this. Well, it's not true. And not, not only has he not fixed this, but he's made it worse by not showing the, the proper ways that we can 
take in order to, to control this pandemic. So, which is totally a lost cause and very upsetting. Upsetting or not, the president's rallies will continue right up till Election Day. Next up on Sunrise In-Depth, a deep dive on resetting expectations on Election Day. And not just for voters, but for the media. That's next, right after this message from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we're much obliged. Predict It is like the stock market for all things politics. Instead of trading stock in companies, you're investing money into your opinions on everything from election results to how many times President Trump will tweet this week. It's easy and only costs a few bucks to get started. Our podcast listeners can get a special introductory offer by visiting predictit.org slash promo slash F-L-A-P-O-L. Try it today. Welcome back to Sunrise. The do-gooders at Common Cause of Florida are trying to reset our expectations for election night on November 3rd. Katie Phillips says they want everyone to realize there's a very good chance there won't be a clear winner on election night. One of our primary messages today is that elections night is not results night. And one big reason is that more people are voting absentee than ever before. Um, I checked this morning. It looks like over 1.6 million absentee ballots have been cast and counted uh, in Florida. Marion County Elections Supervisor Wesley Wilcox says people want fast results once the election is done. But that's going to be far more difficult this year because of all the mail-in ballots and limitations imposed at voting sites to try to prevent the spread of COVID-19. We need to give all of us a, a little bit of time because, you know, you, you want to we want to ensure that everything that we produce, everything that 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 we publish is 100 percent accurate. We do not have the opportunity to be wrong. So please rely on your trusted info, the, uh, the supervisors in each of these jurisdictions to provide very relevant and valid information. And I caution you. You know, with 14 million registered voters in the state of Florida, we're going to be able to find a case of almost anything you want to find. I mean, that's just reality. You put 14 million of anything and you're going to find exceptions. Make sure that if they are exceptions, that that's what it is and it's not the norm. And so, um, uh, you know, bear with us and we will work through this in a very uh, diligent in very controlled uh, manner. And for all of you expecting instant results, Leon County Election Supervisor Mark Early says it's just not going to happen. The official results from the counties won't even be certified until almost two weeks after the election. Our focus is on getting this right, uh, not getting it done as fast as possible to satisfy all the voices out there, clamoring for uh, instantaneous results. You can't have perfection instantaneously. Uh, and. There's not going to be perfection, and there never is. This is a human endeavor. Some counties don't even have high-speed tabulators. They have to put them through what are actually very slow uh, precinct-based tabulators to count. Election night is nowhere near the official results. Our official results are not due to the state until the 15th. The state uh, official results are not uh, due to go up to the federal level until the 17th. So that's a process. It's always a process. And, of course, Florida has closed results, so patience Results tabulation is not a horse race, okay? It's not suddenly this person's ahead and this person's behind and then a switch is okay and there's another lead change. Nothing's changed, it's just the number of ballots that have been managed to be counted so far, okay? It's not like, it's not a drama. It's, I mean, it feels dramatic and, and it can certainly be presented as dramatic, but the results are all in. We just have to figure out what they are. 
Ben Winston works for a PR and research group called Strategies 360. He says their polling shows most people expect chaos as the votes are counted. He's worried the media will fan those fears on Election Day by highlighting small errors that have little, if any, impact on the actual election. Few voters think this election is going to go smoothly. They worry that the coronavirus will create logistical issues with voting from long lines to unsafe conditions to confusion over absentee voting. But they also anticipate just general chaos in the aftermath of the election, contested results, potentially uh, partisan attempts to manipulate those results. Some even worry that the election will cause an irreparable shift, uh, rift in the country with the, the losing party refusing to accept the outcome. So basically, the, the stakes here are huge, and, and voters are really worried. They're, they're fearing the worst. Now, on Election Day itself, uh, a couple things. First, voters are primed to hear that things are going badly, that the election is a mess, that we can't trust the results, the other side, whichever side that may be, is cheating. Um, in our simulations, what we found, a very clear pattern, that voters tended to interpret reports of problems on Election Day as being far more widespread than the coverage intended it to be. So it's very important that voters aren't getting a false impression of complete chaos out there when that's not actually the truth. So to be clear, I'm not suggesting you cover up or, or don't report on you know, problems or issues on election day. Obviously your job is to cover what's going on fully, openly, honestly, and in whatever way you see fit. But you should be aware of how voters are receiving that information on election day, that negative information especially, and be careful to put it in context and avoid giving a false impression that everything is going to hell when it really isn't. Supervisors Wilcox and Early say their biggest concerns for the upcoming elections are court challenges, last-minute rule changes by the state, disinformation, and misinformation. But they promise there will not be a repeat of the debacle that occurred 20 years ago during the Florida recount. Your calendar of events begins at 9 with an online meeting of the board of the Suwannee River Water Management District. The St. John's River Water Management District Governing Board meets at 10 in Palatka. Congressman Charlie Crist of St. Pete is hosting a series of virtual conversations today on the impacts of COVID-19 and the president's efforts to dismantle the Affordable Care Act. At 10, Crist is hearing from health care workers. At 11, he'll speak to Floridians with pre-existing conditions who will lose coverage if the ACA is repealed. The Florida Office of Insurance Regulation holds a hearing on a proposal to reduce workers' compensation insurance rates by 5.7% next year. The Florida Board of Bar Examiners will administer an online bar exam throughout the day today. The issue has drawn heavy attention because an in-person exam was canceled in July because of coronavirus, and there was an effort to hold the exam online in August, but that had to be scrapped because of technical problems. Good luck, folks. Finally today, the classic rock group famous for songs about Godzilla, The Reaper, the ME-262, A Stairway to the Stars, and Hot Rails to Hell has a new song honoring our state's very own superhero. The group is Blue Oyster Cult. The song is called Florida Man, and it starts with a curse from a seminal medicine man long ago. <laughs> The lyrics by Buck Darba are inspired. 
down at the mall where the boas crawl. Ted makes love to a concrete wall. His brother Red said his uncle Ned found Elvis in a loaf of bread. High on meth, there's little Beth. The neighbor's cat is on her breath. Dan dreams he's got wings of fire. He's waking and shaking on a power wire. The song closes with a warning that any one of us could be the next victim of that seminal curse. Don't you laugh, it could be you. The Florida curse always comes true. You can cheer, but you don't understand. Any fragile soul can be a Florida man. That's it for this episode of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. 